It is so good to be here. Um, it's great to see Adam and Bethany again and your growing tribe, but um, they were incredible. We had just started our church, and these two incredible people came and served and just got involved, and it's amazing to see them do that still today. Um, but they were incredible. They just jumped in, got involved um, as a new couple starting our church. Uh, it was challenging to go, okay, what are we doing? So amazing to see you. But I'm really excited to be here with you guys at Horizon Church. I've been talking to Pastor Simon for uh, I don't know how long, just chatting and like listening to what God has been doing and to actually be here. And my wife Catherine's here with us today. It's, it's, it's so exciting. And like the buzz, I think you've undersold how great your church is. It's, it's amazing. Like the, the energy and the life, uh, it's a lot warmer than you told me as well. You said it was going to be freezing and it's... It, because you did say the, the, the room will be cold. It's fantastic. Like, this is, this is warmer than ours. And uh, we've got air conditioning and stuff. So, uh, but, um, but thank you, Pastor Simon. Thank you, Cindy, for having us. It is an incredible privilege to share God's word with you. Um, I love the church. I got saved at the age of 16. I grew up in a more established uh, denomination, an older denomination. I didn't find Jesus in it. But at the age of 16, I found Jesus and went along to my local church that we found in the newspaper that shows you how old I am. And then we went and just, and it was just like, it was incredible. I play guitar and a whole bunch of other instruments and they had real drums. The church I grew up in had a thousand year old person singing and equally 2000 year old organ player. And it was, as a, as a teenager, I thought it was the most boring thing on the planet. You just endured it. In fact, at one point, our parents went to a different church because we heard it was 15 minutes shorter than the one closest to us. So, um, but I, I love the church. Uh, I met my wife in the church. We are raising our five kids in it. Their oldest is nearly 20, and um, they love the Lord. They serve. They, they love him. Not every day do they want to go to church. My teenagers, boys, I, they, I don't give them a choice. Get out. We're going. Um, but we've seen incredible miracles in our church at one point in the church that Adam and Bethany helped us in the facility where we were. We, we were able to have rent-free for seven years. So they had just put the rent up to $1,000 a week. This is about uh, 12 years ago. And for us as a small church, it was like, oh, I think we need to find something else. And in the course of prayer and conversation and like, what the heck do we do? They said, oh, no, well, we can give it to you for nothing. And so for seven years, we didn't pay any rent. Um, and so it made us enabled us to do so many different things. I've seen people surrender their life to Jesus three weeks ago in my church in the foyer after I preached a cracking message that no one responded to. I went afterwards and spoke to her and said, hey, so what's your background? How come, what brings you to church today? And, and worked out that she didn't know Jesus yet. And I was able to just talk to her and say, why wouldn't you give your life to Jesus today? And we had this incredible conversation about letting Jesus drive your car, your life in a way. And she's like, I've never seen it like that. And so she gave her life to Jesus, came home going, so I love what I get to do. And it's so good. But I'm equally reminded by the time when I, when I like we were, we had just, our church was like uh, four weeks old. And our first service, we had every tire kicker, well-wisher, everybody, a hundred and something people. The following week, we had 30. And it was like, and they were the real people, right? And then the week after that, we had 35 and like revivals happening. And then one week we had like 60 people because this whole family came and, and they brought everybody. Uh, and it was like, oh, I am the best pastor in the world. Like I could write a book and retire. 
except I preached the message and said, we want to reach people for Jesus and we want to do this and you need to, you know, we, we want to reach people, you know, transfer growth is great. And, and then I got a phone call that afternoon saying, you, you preached against us. And I'm like, what? I don't remember what I said. Like, what do you mean? Oh, we're leaving the church. So all 30 of these people left the church in, in one day. And, and so I've, I've, like, and I did that. And I've, as a, as a person that loves Jesus and loves people, I've unintentionally hurt people. I, I were hearing aids. I struggled with hearing and we we're late in our church. And I explained, I explained that. I said, look, I don't hear things as well as everybody else. And she said, I just thought you were rude. I thought you just ignored me every time I said, hello, Luke, can you just ignore me? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, but I, 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 I've done that. And, but I've also seen the church where I remember when I, my dad died. Pepper just, he died suddenly uh, when we were young. And he just, everyone just came around and just was like, we can't say anything, we just want to be with you. And in their own life with different griefs and challenges, the community of church just have been there. Maybe they fumbled in the way that they've said, we love you and we care for you or whatever it is, but they've been there. And I, I love the church. And I think the challenge, I want to talk to you this morning about what does it mean to be the church today? A few years ago, it was sort of church was easy, it was what you did. But uh, because of lockdown and a whole bunch of different reasons, people, it's different. Uh, in our own church, we just, it's different. It's uh, and I can talk about why, and there's a whole bunch of different reasons. But I think it'd be easier to go back to Jesus' principles for the church. Like, what, what should we actually do? And um, so if you have your Bible, we're going to look at um, the first text this morning. It comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. And my, if, you, if you're taking notes, um, my first point this morning is about we gather. The church should gather. And we read in this uh, passage, so on one occasion, while he was eating with them, um, this is Jesus, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which he heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days he'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, this time you're going to restore the kingdom. And he said, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by my own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. The first thing we need to appreciate that we need to gather around the person of Jesus. We, we gather and we sing songs and we have, whether we as Pentecostal churches like or not, we have a liturgy. We do the same thing every week. We just don't call it a liturgy. We do the same thing, but really we're gathering around Jesus. Even we are in a don denomination or not, or whatever it is, even you're in Horizon Church, but you're gathering around Jesus. Uh, I have the privilege of preaching today rather than Pastor Simon, but you're not gathering around him. You're, we're gathering around Jesus. And we need to appreciate that it's not a philosophy, it's not even a religion, but a life-giving relationship with the person of Jesus. And I wonder if you can just imagine for a moment them sitting there around a meal, around Jesus. So Jesus is there and there would have been food and they're gathering around Jesus because they're listening to him. And I, 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 I want to stress that point because I think we need to remember who and why we are here today. Or if you're watching uh, online later, like what we, we gather 
around Jesus. At one point, um, in, this is John chapter 6, I don't have this here, but um, Simon Peter asked the Lord, who shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And part of this gathering around Jesus is what it is to be a disciple. And I know that's what you're looking at this year, what discipleship. But in, in Mark chapter 3, he appointed 12 disciples that they might be with him. Before they do anything else, they'd be with him. Before they preach, before they go, before they serve, before they do anything, they have to be with Jesus. And so this first church there, there Jesus has died he's, and he's resurrected and he's told them to wait. And they are gathering around Jesus. He's not there like they used to be, but they are gathering around him, remembering him. They're probably celebrating communion and gathering and remembering what he was. Because they were used to gathering around that table and being with him and listening to him. And so they're there going, Jesus, you're here and we want to gather around you. And part of that, then they start to gather around his words because he told us to wait. So we're waiting. He told us to, you know, there'll be power and so we should wait. And so part of that is they not just gather around the person of Jesus, but they gather around his words. And, the, and Jesus' words were important. But the second thing we see in my next scripture is they were filled. They were gathered for the promise of the power. So we go back, sorry. So that, that's it. We can go as fast as you want. If we want to get to the end, that's fine. If it's a good way to wind me up, that's okay. Just because we know each other doesn't mean you... All right. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I think it's important to, to look at this passage because if you want to look at what should the church do and be and what does it actually do, we've got to go back to when it first happened. And so they're sitting there in this room, gathering around Jesus, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they, and they are filled with the Spirit. But what's happening here is this they're encountering God in a supernatural way. And there's all of these weird, if we're honest, weird things that happen in that moment. There's the sound of the violent wind, which if you know your Old Testament, this whole idea of the Exodus, where the wind came and blew and they parted the water and they walked through. In the beginning, the Spirit of God hovered on the water and there was the new creation or the recreation there. Jesus talks about the new birth. But then there were fire, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. When, when Moses had the law, there was fire that came on Mount Sinai, symbolic of the covenant. But many, many other times it's God's presence, symbolic of God's presence that comes there in the burning bush, the pillar of fire by night that happens in the Exodus story, or just this whole idea of refining that the Spirit of God does in and through our life. And so we see this, they hear this thing, they see this thing, and the, 
and they filled the whole house where they're sitting and tongues of fire separated. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They begin to speak in other tongues. And, and part of, like, you just look at this and go, should we just build a denomination around this point or what is actually happening here? But really, if you know your Bible, what happened in the Tower of Babel was they unified and went, if we speak one language, we can become like God and unified and, and, and that. But what happens in this thing is there a diversity of language, but a unity of content and source. The Spirit is coming. And it is not just about speaking in tongues, but it is about God's right. Okay, I want a unified but diverse body that can speak and reach people that don't know God yet. And so they all speak in tongues. And I think, uh, if I can diverse just for a second, just, I, I think speaking in tongues is incredible. I think it's part of, when you're filled with the Spirit, they just spoke in an unknown language that they didn't premeditate. But the outcome, what it was, they were, when you listen, read later on, they were speaking the mysteries and the wonders of God. They were glorifying who He was and what He had done in and through their life. And an incredible power, this is part of what Jesus is talking about, the power from the Holy Spirit that would come upon them. And I, I, would, I would encourage all of you to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues, to to as a way to connect with God. Um, Paul writes about it in Corinthians, where they've moved on from this experience and they've, okay, let's have reflective theological ideas of what's actually happening. He talks about if anyone speaks in tongues, they edify themselves, speak mysteries in God. We don't know how to pray. The Spirit himself, Romans 8, 26, enables us to pray. And there's all of that sort of stuff. But for me, just for this point, I, I want to... It, it, in where the Tower of Babel has this unified thing to become like God, God's like, okay, I'm going to inverse that. And they're all going to speak the same content in a way, the same thought, but it's going to manifest in a totally different way. The people from every language, tribe, and going like, ah, they're speaking Greek, they're speaking in the Jewish language, they're speaking all of this, they could all understand it. But this is probably where I want to probably apply this if I can. Because at this point, theologically, you go, yes, okay. I'm, I'll go, maybe you're not sure about the tongues thing. That's fine. We can talk later. But the whole idea is like, yes, this sounds good. I'm gathered around Jesus. The Holy Spirit fills everybody. And, but I think this is where, if, from what I can see as a pastor, people go, oh, yes, that's really good for the person next to me. That's really great for the person three doors down. That's great for them. That's great for some of them. But I wonder if we can go to the next slide. It should be the same scripture. Thank you. When Luke is writing this, he deliberately puts this thing. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly sound like a blowing wind came and from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on the special ones. That's how you read that. You read each of them in English, but in your heart you go, someone else. But it came on rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. What happens in this moment is incredibly 
eye-opening. This is why I want to share, because what does it actually mean to be the church today? We gather around Jesus, but we are all filled. Why do I know this? Because in the Old Testament, who was anointed to speak? Only kings and prophets. The Holy Spirit came on those special people only. What Luke is trying to say in the New Testament, there is, uh, it's a game changer. It's totally different. It's not the same. Everybody can do this. In fact, the Spirit comes on everybody. And they can all speak in tongues. They can all do what God has called them to do. There's this democratization of the calling of God. I wonder if I go to the next scripture just for a moment. We see this spirit-inspired speech because what happens, they're all speaking in, in, in an unknown language and, and it's half the people going, these guys are drunk. There's something quite not right with what's happening. So Peter gets up, uh, I think because he's always used to going first. At, at this point, they haven't really worked out who's the leader. Um, but he just gets up and says, look, this is what's happened in, in, in the Bible. And had he really thought about it? No, he's just like, I suddenly understand what happened in Joel chapter 2. And so he gets up and he says to them, in the last days, God, uh, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. And he goes on and on. But I want to show, just if you can, I've got here on the left-hand side, Acts chapter 2, and on the right-hand side, Joel chapter 2, that he quotes from. And he does something, I don't know if you've ever thought about because if you read Acts chapter 2, he, goes, he keeps going on, on, to, on Joel, keeps quoting Joel chapter 2, but he includes this one phrase, and they will prophesy. And they will prophesy. That's not written in Joel. He's adding something. Or is he making sense of what's happening here? Is he trying to communicate to the people that if we're going to use this first thing, uh, first appearance of the church as a, of what we should do, they gather around Jesus and they're filled with Jesus and they begin to speak inspired speech. They begin to be prophets. Now, it's not prophets as in the Old Testament thing where we work camel belts and eat locusts and honey and whatever else. But actually, a priest would be somebody that we would intervene from, uh, on, from our behalf to God. A prophet is God speaking to humanity. And what's happening here is Peter's trying to say, actually, we're all now spokespeople for God. To put it crudely, we're sales reps for God. We, we are prophets. We speak on behalf of God. The Holy Spirit comes on us. And so we are then able to, all of us, speak on God's behalf. But that's what Luke's trying to say in, this, in the rest of the book. And you see in Luke's gospel, it's this 120. And Peter gets up and then Stephen, who is really just a guy that picks up and drops off the trailer at church. He, that's all he does. And suddenly he becomes the first martyr. And, and then Paul, Paul, Saul, who becomes Paul, who hates Christians, is then the, the, the next. You see, look, it's, these are the people who you would exclude from the, and they'll pour my spirit on all flesh. They're like, not that person, not that, look, he can't even speak. But he's going to be the first martyr. And 
Saul who becomes Paul, who be, the persecutes the church, is going to be going to write the bulk of the New Testament. And, and this is where I want to encourage you today. Part of what we what we need to do as a church is to gather around Jesus, be filled, but we need to speak on behalf of Jesus. And the last point. Have I got another scripture? Yeah. Is to be sent out. So we need to be gathered, filled, and speak, and sent out. Because the Feast of Pentecost, which is when this happened, was the, um, the day where they would, it's 50 days after the Passover, but it was the, the harvest festival. And they leave the upper room and they go out. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's the festival of the harvest. When they heard the sound, when the people in the community heard the sound, and we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own land. They'd left the upper room. This is the challenge. This is, we're here today and we're in an upper room in a way. Holy Spirit is here. Jesus, we're gathered around Jesus. We're, we're gathered around his word. What is he saying to us? But we need to be filled so that we can then speak what the Spirit would have us to say. But it's not just in this room today on, on here. We, we can't stay here. And I love church. I love the people of church. Lockdown was challenging for me. I love being in the community, of, like around people, um, sometimes, most of the time, sort of. Okay. I enjoyed Pastor Lockdown, but I enjoyed part of this thing. We're not just designed to be like this, but we have to go out. We have to go out. And so, um, Adam, I'm going to pick on you if I can, just because we're okay. So, Adam, I want you to come, please, out the front. And I want you to do, what I'm going to do is I want you to do what Jesus has called us to do. I want you to make disciples of all nations baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commands. So, so what I want you to do, because, well, I think, like, really, you're, you're, you play guitar, you've done everything today, so I'm going to make you do the rest of what we should be doing in church life. So I feel like you should I, I, go and find somebody and bring them to Jesus and bring them back here, if that would be the case. So just, just go and reach the, reach the world, reach, find somebody, some person. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Like, you feel amazing right now. You've come to know Jesus. They've had a bit of a Bible study, and that's great. That's great. That's great. Go and do it again. Stay there. You're staying here. Go and find somebody else and bring them to Jesus. Yeah, well, Jesus also said Judea and the uttermost parts of the world. So you haven't reached the far. Go out there and just find someone from the farthermost parts of the world, please, and bring them to Jesus. Hurry up. He's coming soon. He's returning. Don't be in a rush about this. Like, <laughs> there's only eternal uh, destinies in mind. Go and do it again, please. So we, we, we've only you've concentrated on this. That Jesus asked you to reach everybody. <laughs> fantastic. You've done a great job. I mean, look, I, that's multiplication. That's fantastic, isn't it? It's really cool. These people, who were, they were lost and, and <laughs> depraved. 
lost in their sin, and Jesus rescued them. That's fantastic. Like that, that, that's, that's so good. And you were you, super Christian here has done a great job. Like he played, led worship. He he jumped off the building in one lockdown just to lead announcements and, and encourage you to give and to be a part of all the different things. And then he won these people for Jesus. Far out. And we look at that and go, that's success. Oh, I, look, is there a teenager here? Oh, I would love to use a teenager if, if you can be bold enough. All right, yep, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Come on down. Oh, oh, this could be it. What's your name? Robbie. Robbie here is, is reluctantly here, if we'll be honest. I, I, love, the, I love the commitment. I, I'm a teenager. You didn't quite know what was happening. You probably thought he's going to come out the front. But I would love you, Robbie, to go into all the world and, and find somebody to, to bring them to, to faith in Jesus and bring them out the front. If you can find someone. I don't care. You can go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. I want you to go and find someone and bring them right here in this room today. Yeah, not tomorrow. Like here today. You probably need to go closer to them. You don't sort of point, but that's okay. That's excellent. Well done. Eli, thank you so much. Welcome to the family. You've just, Robbie's introduced you. So what I, what I want both of you to do, because you've heard the good news of Jesus, you've responded, the, the, the skipping, leaping, and praising God on the way back with just abundant joy. So what I want you to do, I want both of you now to go and find somebody and bring them back here because you, you've loved Jesus and what he's done. So both of you go and find somebody. Not the same person, a different person. <laughs> One of you. One person, Robbie, you've you got, no, Robbie, you need to find somebody. Yeah, no, Eli's got his own person. You find somebody. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Now, thank you all for coming and joining uh, Horizon Church today and and. and being a part of this thing. Now, you've heard the good news of Jesus. I would love you to each and every one of you go and find somebody to share the gospel with and bring them back here, each of you. Find someone, anybody in this room, go and bring back and find them and go, and, and go now, like you can go now. Like, just find somebody and say, come, and yep, fantastic, come to the front. Look, the, the camera person is really struggling to get us all in the shot. So if you could come over this way, that would be great. Maybe they might say, no, that's okay. But just bring somebody else then. If they turn to wipe the dust off your feet. And you've got to come to this church, please, not that church. No, 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 no. This is my church. Come on. We're building Horizon Church here. That's, um, this is the special one. All right, fantastic. You can grab a seat in just a moment. But here's the thing. We do it like this in our head. Special Christian. Special anointed, he does. He just does it so easy. Like he does this, this, that, and that, and he can, can bring all of these people. Bam, woo! Yep, we'll do that. And really, this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. 120 of them. Now, one of them did get up and speak and do a preach, but 120 of them all went out and gave blah 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 blah, and the church multiplied and grew. So, thank you all so much for my part of my illustration. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I, and I, be really honest, just for a moment, well, I haven't lied the whole time, but um, 
Pastor Simon can feel like this. And we can probably look at pastors. I know because I am one. You look and you go, you're the special person. You do it. I don't know, you must be closer to Jesus or something else. It's not. We've been called to equip people to do works of ministry. We're not called to do the works of ministry. We're called to go, hey, in your workplace, in a language that they'll understand, God has inspired you and filled you so that you can speak to them and reach them in a way that I can't reach them because I don't know them. And I'm never going to be there, but you can. And, and so I, I want to encourage you. It's, it, the Holy Spirit came on all of them, filled all of them. They all spoke and they all reached somebody. I love the, the band to come, the rest of the band, or just you. That's okay. Whatever you normally do, that'd be great. Because there was a sound that they heard as a result of it. And it wasn't a solo voice. And I want to challenge you today, church, to think about which way do you actually look at? Do I sit here and go, I'm waiting for the expert to do it all? Or maybe you think you're the expert and you're like, I'm doing it all. Nobody else is doing this. I'm doing everything. Or or you leave it. When really the model in the rest of the book of Acts is just these people. And when you read the book, there's, there's like, they don't focus on the 12 apostles very much. They, they sort of fade, in, fade out of picture, really. And all these unremarkable people who Luke accents and highlights to be people that are used by God to achieve his mission, his plan, and his purpose for the world. And so my challenge to you is, are you gathering around Jesus? Like, Are you intentional about, like, I'm here. I want to be here. I want to be a part of church life. Because then you can have that place of being inspired and being filled with what God's saying, what he's doing. As we listen to the word of God and, okay, ah, this is the challenge. This is where my character needs to change. This will help my marriage. This will help me as a parent. This will help me in my relationships, everything that I do. We need to be in the environment where the spirit of God can fill us. And I'd love to pray this morning before I hand back. I'd love to pray that the Spirit of God would fill us and empower us so that we can actually go and accomplish what God has called us to do. And I wonder if, though, you have disqualified yourself and gone, I can't, I can't do that for whatever reason. It's not about you. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit on you, giving you the words to speak that you could just help people find Jesus. And it's not, so don't disqualify yourself for whatever reason, but think about who's in my world that I can just, I've got a word from God. And it doesn't even have to be like, I need to psych myself up. It's just, could be as simple as what you did on the weekend. You went to church. Let your conversation be seasoned with grace, Peter writes. So would you stand with me as I, I'd love to pray for you today.
you know that in that upper room, the 120 were waiting for what God would do. They didn't know what it would actually look like. They didn't know what the Spirit would look like, how it would manifest or anything. Maybe it would be a person that would walk in the door. They didn't really understand it all. You may not even understand it all, but you know that you love Jesus and you want Him. So in this place, with an open heart, I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us afresh today. Father, you see this incredible church filled of people from all walks of life. Some know you and they have a great, incredible history with you. Others and you and maybe I don't even know, understand it all. But Lord, we know that Jesus has come to rescue us from our selfishness, our sin, our pride, to give us hope and eternal life. I pray today that, Lord, you would help us to just be filled again with the Spirit of God. Lord, we wait in your presence. We wait that you might come and breathe upon us, Lord, that we would be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. So I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, come in your power. Come, Lord, in your gentleness. Come in your authority. Come in a way into this place, into every heart, every life right now. Lord, we need you. We love you. We want more of you. Lord, we're we're gathered here to be filled. I pray that as we are sent out, that we wouldn't be sent out in guilt. We wouldn't be sent out in uh, fear. Or anything, but we will be sent out with the power of the Holy Spirit, with words that you would give us to speak. Lord, in this room, there are people that are going to speak to people that we all can't speak to. But as we saw in that illustration, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would use us individually. I thank you for the people that get to preach and lead and do all that. We pray your blessing on them. But Lord, you've called us to be a prophet, Lord, that we would prophesy, we would speak on your behalf to a world that is dying and hopeless and needs to know Jesus. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us to speak a word on your behalf. We pray today in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.